0: can't really sing. la 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 la
1: hello and welcome to the SBNY podcast my name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host the sports blog new york podcast is on iTunes and Google Play which you can find simply by searching sports blog new york podcast or go to sportsblognewyork.com click on the podcast tab any of those articles will lead you in the right direction Now, of course, if you like what you have been hearing, please leave a rating and review. And do not forget to subscribe for at least one, typically two episodes a week. Unfortunately, this week uh, we're coming to you on Tuesday morning. Mm. Typically, we like to come with you with one on Wednesday, I mean Monday, and then one later in the week, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. This week we had some uh, complications over the weekend, some different things going on. So we're we're coming to you on Tuesday, so hopefully uh, you didn't miss us too much. But I'm here with my guy. On Tuesday, Alec Argento, welcome to the show. What's
0: going on? Stop making apologies. We do what
1: we want. The fans listen when we tell them to. Maybe that's the difference between me and you. Maybe I care about You made too listeners. many apologies. I mean, that'll make sense when we talk about how I've been feeling as a sports fan. I've been feeling sorry for myself, so I feel it necessary to apologize to everybody else. Not everybody has it like you, alright? <laughs> I'm a Knicks fan, too. That is true. Thank God you are a Knicks fan. Keeps <laughs> you grounded. And, of course, we will end up talking about the Knicks at one point. And, of course, it's not for a good reason. It's because Porzingis got hacked. He didn't get hacked. He sent out a tweet. He used emojis. We'll get into that. That's later on the show. But we're going to talk a lot about baseball. And as you can tell by the tone of my voice, which is half allergies induced, half Mets are a joke induced. The Mets are struggling, not on the field, but everywhere else. They've actually been winning some games, but it's hard to recognize that with Harvey Syndergaard, and who knows what else that's going wrong with the Mets. But then, of course, we go across town to the Yankees, who have actually been playing the best baseball across the MLB. And I, as a Mets fan, have no problem saying that, even though, you know, I don't like it. And I'm going to be frank. I don't like saying that, but I'm not going to call it. I'm going to call it spade a spade. You know what I mean? Let the hate run through you. I, I'm, I mean, it is running through me. I have, I have sorrow hate at myself mm. and at the Yankees. Mm, They're all running through. You know you know how it is to be me right now? Your tears are so salty and sweet. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. So this weekend, we get news that Matt Harvey has been suspended for three games, which basically means his star got pushed back a little bit, right? Then it comes out why it may have happened, because TMI Terry, for once, tries to not give too much information and says, we're going to keep this one in-house. Don't worry about it. It was an in-house thing. The Mets are handling it. Okay. And then a picture comes out. Really kept it between the cheeks, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> what, to be <you're> real, t- <laughs> real tight-lipped about it, I guess, right? Yeah, he... Uh, Just yeah. doesn't want to have his mouth gaping open or anything.
1: <laughs> no, no, not at all. He, um, so the picture comes out, and uh, there's a marital snuck into the picture <laughs> to say it lightly. Very large one. It was quite large. I mean, and, I
0: guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> For
1: some people. This is kind of painful right now, but if you don't that's, know what we're talking that's about. That's what he said. No. <laughs> we're coming in hot on this podcast also right now. Also what he said. Also what he said. But the picture of TJ Rivera, poor TJ Rivera and Ploiecki. It's in the locker room. TJ Rivera's been playing well. He had a little crown on his head. I don't know. It was his birthday or something like that. And in the back corner of a, of the picture... Is this marital aid, Quite a large one, according to sources. And then people start saying this is why Matt Harvey got suspended. Because he is the mastermind behind the mastermind. <laughs> behind this picture and what happened to be placed in the background of it. But then it comes out that way, no 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 no. Matt Harvey got suspended because he didn't show up to a game.
0: Yeah, because he was hiding and marmalade in the locker. <laughs> he, was, he was too late because he was too...
1: <laughs> So I, I'm, I'm going to ask you... Sticking 12 Alex, inches in the locker. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to leave that last comment alone. Gonna, <laughs> if you were Matt Harvest teammate, what would you rather him get suspended for? The Marillade or actually just not showing up to a game? Oh, the
0: marmalade. You got to love that. that that's, that's a funny move. That brings everyone together. Everyone laughs about that. <laughs>
1: That's a locker room guy. Except for maybe TJ Rivera. That's a glue guy. (laughs) Or or Ploiecki. That's a glue guy. Who do they care? (laughs) It was his locker. Their whole thing is a joke right now.
0: It's adding celebrity to an already disastrous season. Well, you know what? It, It really covers the fact that the Mets have won their last couple series. Could you name one other franchise in the MLB that that would happen to? If I told you that that happened to a team, what team would you guess? Um, maybe maybe the, the Sacramento Mets. Kings yeah, the, the, the Mets <laughs> the, <laughs> the Jets, all, that would never, the Jets? No, in baseball that would never happen to, well another the Mets, Jets, and Knicks synonymous just across three, three different sports that would never happen to another team in baseball besides the Mets <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying
1: to think really hard about what other teams are like a joke you know Maybe Joe Madden does a weird theme day for for the Cubs. And that that would be a weird theme day. I agree. He'd bat it seventh in the order. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, well, it was just so bizarre, and it hurts so bad to be a Mets fan right now because not only are the Mets struggling overall, we're still under five hundred. Not only are the Mets dealing with horrible injuries to all of our best players, but now all this off the field drama is going on, and on top of all of that. The Yankees, who we have to hear them talk to us every day now, are the best team in baseball. It's brutal to be me right now. Feel sorry for me. Yeah. No. You, yeah. No. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. I, the Kings don't concern
0: themselves with problems of peasants, Pete. I told you that this morning. We don't. We don't worry about that. <laughs> no. But I, I do want to say I, I, I've been like firm on this the entire year. Uh, maybe firm's not the great choice of words after that last topic. You're just <laughs> rolling with all these, huh? <laughs> I have an that accent. <laughs> but That's you, not what he you said. Can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't change your expectations on this team just yet. I, it's, it's awesome. They look like a playoff team, but Clarify for
1: the listeners that you're not talking about the Mets.
0: No, you're talking about the Yankees. You, you <laughs> can't exp- like, everyone thinks right now that. The, I, I, everyone, I, listen, I, I, I always say Yankee fans are the worst. Um, I don't think I'm the worst, but most people are the 27 rings flashers, and they
1: can't really name anyone on the team from like three years ago. Can I, can I actually give you some props? Well. Because you know how you just said you think Yankees fans are the worst sometimes, and you are a Yankees fan? Well, as a Mets fan, it's really easy for me to say and think of many examples of Yankee fans being the worst. Because, you know, last year people were complaining that they're going to blow it up and they're going to rebuild. Now, all of a sudden, they're the best team in the league right now. The Yankee fans are you know, watching all 18 innings last night, and they're freaking out, and they're talk, texting to me about every pitch. By the way, if you watch the all 18 innings, God bless you. I, I, people are working the morning. So night. wait. So this is why I'm going to give you credit here. So you said the Yankee fans are going to be the worst. You're not. This is what you are. You text me today, and you say something which is like a worst Yankee fan say, saying, right? You say that, and I get – under my skin for a second, but then you say, but I'm just kidding. I'm not changing my expectations yet. Got to be careful with this team. A lot, a lot of the season left. So that's why I give you credit because, as happy as you are, the Yankees are playing well. You're as happy as any Yankee fan, but you're also being as real as any Yankee fan by saying we're starting off real hot. Got to be excited. How can not enjoy it? You are excited, but you're Mm -hmm. also saying there's been teams who started this hot who ended up
0: struggling. So be careful. The White Sox did it last year. How did the White Sox end their year? They were the 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 Cubs and the White Sox were the best team in baseball uh, like a month in. I was saying how cool would it be if there was a if it was a uh, Chicago, Chicago, World Series, and then had that end up for the White Sox. They were one of the
1: ended up being a bad team last sure. year, like a really bad team. Yeah. <laughs> so not saying we're not saying here that the Yankees are going to fall off the face of the earth. We're just saying if they lose a string of games, Yankee fans, it's okay. You said last. You, know?
0: you said last week. When do you change your expectations?
1: Yes. Still a
0: good question. I think if they get twenty games over at any point, that's when you can change your expectations. Then, then you, then this is a, this could be a winning season. then you're If you're ever a twenty game uh, over five hundred uh, team, you're always a legitimate contender. Do they have? They don't have double digit losses yet, correct? No. Nah, uh, well, I mean, depending on how the game goes yesterday, wink, wink. Right, because uh, you might know. Yeah, but uh, they, they're they the only, the, uh, the only single digit losses. It's nine nine losses. They have the same, uh, they're, they're tied for first with the Nationals, but the Nationals are uh, have one more win, one more loss. So,
1: so I guess also, I'll, I'll ask this question to you then. Sure. So you said how, what point you would have to get to to change your expectations for the Yankees. Now, you had similar expectations to the Mets as a, as a lot of people. You know, you had some decent hopes for them. When do you change your expectations for the Mets? No, the, the, I, I've said it a million times. You, you can't win the World Series in,
0: in April, but you can lose it. Mets are done. Put a stick a fork in them; they're done. There's no way. They, they, there's they, they're definitely not winning that division. The Nationals, I think, are the best team in baseball. Um, and that it's there's no really good teams in the NL. I think this year, besides the Nationals, I don't even think the Cubs are that good. I think they lost a lot of important pieces, and their pitching staff is old. You know, having watched them uh, against the Yankees, <clears throat> that pitching staff is really old.
1: <laughs> and I remember looking back to our preview shows. and I was checking out the Sports Illustrated MLB preview and they did this this huge graphic that was really well done I thought talking about pitching staffs across baseball. and The Cubs ended up being one of the top rated pitching staffs and I didn't really question at the time. You know, World Series champs Jake Arrieta, uh, Hendricks, John Lester. John Lester. And I like it kind of shocked me but I didn't question it because they just won the World Series. But you look at the names and they got good pitches. Jake Arrieta is a stud still clearly the best pitcher on the staff. But has been up and down no one's like that overwhelming for the Cubs right now. That's kind of an aside. We don't need to go too far
0: on that, but just yeah. But I thought. just think, just in general, the National League, it's going to be tough for the Mets to differentiate themselves from most of the teams in that, in that National League are middling. Um, and I don't really see any. You know, some people were shocked that the the Giants were bad this year. I, I said the Giants were going to be bad the whole. You okay. did. I'll give you I'll give you that. I don't think they're a good team. I don't I don't think that the Dodgers are a good team either. I think that the the Rockies are going to run away with that division as I always as I've been saying the whole year. That National League Central though, that's a pretty that's a pretty stacked division in terms There's of There's not really
1: a bad team in that division. No, th-
0: and that's the thing. Th- I don't think I mean, you got to think the Cubs are going to win that division, but I uh, I think the the rumors of the demise have been greatly exaggerated in terms of like um, uh, the the Cardinals, I think they're a really solid team. Yeah, I think they're a young, solid team uh, with some great pitchers on there, and a lot of them are hurt. Uh, but they're going to get better, and I think the Pirates, the Pirates pitching staff, just year in and year out because I forget the name of that coach, that pitching coach in Pittsburgh, but they're they're he's awesome. And that and you know, ballpark's I'm, huge.
1: I'm not going to go as far as you with the Mets expectations, and if you want to call me out for being a fanboy because I'm a Mets yeah. fan. Please keep keep me balanced here, but this is why this is why I'm not changing my expectations for playoffs uh, just yet. So right now, I mean, on Tuesday because we're recording this Monday night, I don't know if the Mets won or not yet. So right now they're 14 and 16. Whether they ended up being 15 and 16 or 14 and 17 by the time you're listening to this podcast, they're second in the NL East. Now I don't think they're going to catch Washington either. Yeah, but what is? But I didn't think they I didn't think they were going to beat Washington. Anyway, I don't think they were going to be a wild but that card
0: But that division is dog shit besides the Nationals.
1: Which, <clears throat> what does that say about the Mets, that we played our first 30-something games against the NL East and we struggled? I think that says something a lot. I think it says a lot about me. But here's my point. We're already back to second in the division. And the teams that are going to be in front and competing with us are the likes of the Cincinnati's, the Cardinals, the Cubs are probably going to win the division like you said, the Dodgers and the, and the Diamondbacks, you know? Diamondbacks and are a decent the, team. Those are some decent teams, the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Mets, but they fit in that part of the league, you know? When once it's all said and done, or once even the season's halfway through, it's completely reasonable to see the Mets being within two to three games of any of those I, teams. I don't think any of those teams are really, really good. Exactly. But can you tell me
0: do you think do you honestly think the Mets are better than them? I don't, think the, I don't think
1: they are. I, I've been saying this since day one of the season. I think the Mets have a real problem on offense. And they've been starting to hit lately, and they've been starting to win. It doesn't matter that Syndergaard and Harvey are hurt and Matz is hurt because now they're scoring some runs, and they've actually been winning some games. But also, the Rockies can mash, you the, know?
0: The Mets, go, if they get a wild card win, they're not built for a one-and-done series. They're built for a five- or seven-game series. Technically, they should be
1: built for a one-and-done series. No,
0: they're not because any team has... They have they have four aces, but if you're going in a one-game series, you're also going against a really good ace. Probably that ace is the reason that that team got to the playoffs, like last year with Madison Bumgarner, because that Giants team was not a good team last year, and the only reason they got there was because of Mad Bum. If that happens this year, it's going to be the same thing. The reason they have the advantage is if they can get to the next round, they can, they can their string two, three, their good four, stars together exactly. Hopefully their, their starters are good at that point. So so if they don't win the division, it's really... They're, they're, I don't think there's any way that they can win a wild card because they're not going to get a first wild card either. The, the, their best bet is getting the second one. And they're not going to have home field advantage and they're going to be playing somewhere else.
1: But I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with your logic here because I think it's more or less sound. But I just don't think that matters now because it, it is a wasted season if you don't shoot for that wild card spot. Say what you want about it being a no, one-game playoff... I'll take that one-game playoff all the time because it takes one win to, to make a run to the championship.
0: Yeah, but you're not – I mean, I'm just, it's never happened so far, obviously, because it's a new thing, the second wild card. But I, I think you're at such a disadvantage going forward if you're that wild
1: card I team. I mean, you're not playing your ace in game one of your first I series. I don't
0: really think that matters. I don't think it's the first series that it matters. in. It's the it's the, it's the championship, the championship, the, the league championship round uh, that we really get. It hits you.
1: I'm just saying I want to be in it to win it no matter what. And I ain't counting the Mets out yet, being possibly just one game under well, 500 right now. You know, I'm not going to
0: count if you're them 500. Out. If you're 500 at the end of the season, you're still in it for that second wild card spot.
1: Yeah, no matter what team you are, if you because there's so many spots to get to the playoffs now. And that's my point. So that's why I think the expectations for the Mets, maybe like Yankee fans, we well, we need to tread a lot more lightly than you but, guys. But at the same time we shouldn't be changing our expectations completely yet
0: but i think what you and i are differing in is what are we considering a success because for mets they're championship or bust mode because that's why you went and signed Suspendis you know that's why you are the team you,
1: you got chased Bruce last year all right fine so, fine in championship or bust mode what's better making the playoffs of a wild card or not making the playoffs at all doesn't matter but it it no. does though it does matter. It's, that's a bust. There's more of that's, a success. Well, what's the opposite of championship?
0: It's bust. So if you're making the playoffs, it's not a success. It's just a bust because the, losing in a one game playoffs, I don't consider that. But I think it's super fun to watch. I love that the, the MLB did it. It's not the playoffs. The Yankees were in there twice. It's not the playoffs.
1: I mean, the Mets were in there last year, so they know it all too well.
0: Yeah, it's but but it's not the playoffs. But it's exciting. No, like it's like they had this before. It was called getting tied for a wild card. <laughs> that's what that's what this is. Right, it's been there before super exciting
1: but it's not it's not the playoffs it is ex- it it is like for lack of a better term it's like getting uh it's like getting blueballed pretty much it's exactly what you it know is. so uh it's tough for a team to go through that but the fact that they made it there last year they know what the pressure is going to be like it t- it's literally one game though and that's yeah, why what, i take what, it what is knowing the, that's what the pressure that's why i take it though because no, what
0: is knowing what the pressure's like have to do with anything? you still lost does that
1: get because they lost they have more likelihood to win the next time that doesn't really I'm just saying, you're in one game series, they call it win or go home for nothing, it only takes one to make it into the playoffs, so I'm taking that playoff, that playing game 10 times out of 10, rather than not being in the playoffs, because guess, they're not going to be getting thought, the first no, pick obviously, anyway. No,
0: obviously more baseball is better, right. but, uh, but I'm just saying, the end of the year... They don't, win a, they, they don't win a World Series. They don't get to the World Series. It's the bust of a
1: year. I think it's a better success if they're a wild card and make it to a championship series than it is if they don't make the playoffs. I don't think it matters. It, but it does I, matter. I don't think so. because If, they if play, your team's in the playoffs every year, then you set a foundation for your you franchise to, moving you, forward. You
0: need to win that division at some point. Uh, so that you can like hang your hat on that. Your window is—I've said this Absolutely, before. Absolutely, what does your that wind, have to do with your window is so close? Is, is is a lot more tightening than you think it is. I think
1: I know it's tight, but it like after this year is next year going to be like oh well we're going to tank for we're not tanking next no, year. You,
0: I you I you I think you have two. Three so you don't left.
1: think it's a positive thing to be in the playoffs just to set that foundation for a winning culture, no matter if you make it to the first round, second round, third round, or, or World Series. Like, it's a positive thing for the team, for the franchise, for the culture. I don't know. I think at some point you got to start winning something. I mean, I, absolutely, look, you got to start look winning at, something. Look at the Nationals; they can go to the playoffs every year. They're still not winning the World Series, and I'm making it out of the first round. And if they if they make it once and win it once, it, who's to say that it wasn't helped that, that they were in it every year and they knew what it was like to be there and they knew what it was like to be a winner year in and year out? It creates a culture, and that's why the Yankees have such great success. How many times have the Yankees been not in the playoffs in your life uh, in the past like six years? A lot. <laughs> How many times? Uh, they didn't make it last year.
0: If you count the, do you count I'm, the wild card rounds? I count being a wild card in the playoffs because oh, technically te- is. That's different. That's different for me then. Because uh, then I guess they made it. Like they've only missed it, like four times in the past like six years. And
1: seven years, what? Is, what's the best thing about the Yankees? Their winning culture. No, but but see that's what I'm saying though. It's, being being but, there. But, but no, creates but see
0: the, you now the Yankees have have built up until this is why they they got rid of everyone because they were just mediocre. Being in the playoffs doesn't make you a good team if you're making the second wild card or something like that. You're a mediocre team because you can get there maybe two or three games over 500 that second wild card sometimes. So it, it this is what ha- kept happening to the Yankees, and it wasn't success. If you just keep going to the playoffs and not winning, it's not success. That's exactly what happened to the Yankees, and, it was, and
1: that's exactly why they needed to change things. I agree with the fact that it's not a true success because the true success is winning the championship, winning the World Series, no matter what. But it's not like in in the MLB, the best teams are going to the World Series every year. We, me, and you have literally talked about the Kansas City Royals making back to back World Series, being a, a fine team, not even that. Great I think a team. there's a
0: point where you should start recognizing that maybe the Mets didn't belong in that World Series that year.
1: Absolutely, and they were. <laughs> but that's fine. But they were there because they had the chance and they got hot at the right time. And fair. Daniel Murphy that's hit fair. eight home runs in that's fair. eight games. That seems and not the same, though. Crazy thing. What, the team now? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But that's my my point is that you don't know what happens till you get in the playoffs. The point. Royals made two in a row. The Mets made one. Could have made two in, in, a, in a pretty short amount of time, a couple of years. And the reason that they were there is because they made it into playoffs and got hot at the right time. That's all it comes down to. And the fact that the Mets are so cold to start this year off means that their hot streak is more likely to come later. And no offense. to oh, the guys, I don't think it mean, I don't think it means that. I don't. I don't think just because you start
0: out slow that you're guaranteed to have a hot streak to balance it I out. I said
1: more likely. I said more likely. I don't to come it, I disagree. But it's happened to them before. When Cespedes came and uh, came back from injury didn't last, year, last year, and you said it absolutely did. They weren't even close to the playoffs last year. Cespedes was hurt. He comes back. They go on a nice streak, and they ended up being a wild card. It didn't mean anything in the long run. But as a fan, I'd rather be in that playing game than not. Just saying. All
0: right.
1: This is the Sports Blog New York podcast. We're coming in with a lot of stuff about baseball right now. Coming in hot, some would say. Not as hot as Harvey was into Ploiecki's locker room. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're calling it? The quote-unquote locker room? Uh, in Ploiecki's quote-unquote locker room. <laughs> but I, I don't know what else to call it at this point. I don't know <laughs> but hopefully you're enjoying the show so far. If you have any thoughts on this, because it is a good debate, whether the playing game, whether that wild card playing game is worth it, let us know. Tweet us. At no, 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 Change it. Whether it means
0: something, sure. Of course, it's worth it if, if, if you if you get there and you can make it past it. But it doesn't mean anything if you get there and, and don't succeed.
1: But you can't you can't succeed if you don't get there.
0: Yeah, but you can also fail easily. Absolutely.
1: So yeah, we're just we're just on two sides of the coin right now. No, nah, I I, still, I know what you're saying. I disagree with you. <laughs> well, subscribe, rate, and review to the Sports Blog New York podcast. I'm a, I'm not Al Gargento. I'm with Al Gargento. Gargento. And I'm Peter Kennedy. I wish I was now because that would mean my team is doing really well. But we're going to talk about some other stuff as well. We're going to get into Porzingis and some Knicks stuff and also a little NBA playoffs talk as well. But it ain't time to get off uh, baseball just yet. I want to keep talking about the Yankees. I want to bring up a guy to you that he's kind of growing a weird relationship with the Yankees and Yankees fans from my uh, over here perspective. So Aaron Hicks is a guy who... We're praying for him not to play last year. He was getting a lot of time. This year, we're saying, don't be the starter, don't be the starter. Aaron Judge comes in. Thank God Aaron Judge is the god. He's the true god of baseball right now, not Eric James, even though he's doing great. But now Aaron Hicks is getting a chance to play, and he is impressing Yankee fans left and right, literally when I say left and right, from both sides of the dish. Oh, I see what you did there. Thank you. What can you say about Aaron Hicks right now as a fan who watched him last year as a guy you didn't want in the lineup to now a guy you like in the lineup.
0: Well, Aaron Hicks last year, he, 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 he's someone who is very clear just needs playing time. Um, and he can, if he just gets some consistency, too. when Beltran got traded last year and he was in our everyday right fielder uh, after um, Judge got hurt too, he was he was killing it out there. And then this year, he, he's going to get his opportunities. If he keeps hitting, is going to give him his opportunities. First of all, Gardner and, and uh, Ellsbury are going to get days off. They're older. Um, and they keep getting hurt, so he's going to get in there, and then Judge is going to need a day off every now and then. They can always platoon him uh, at, at DH every now and then. They don't really get to use that as often, the DH, because uh, holiday. By the way, on a side note, what I, I don't understand why American leaguers need a designated DH. Why can't we just have nine position players and and a pitcher well and a pitcher go out there and they just rotate everyone so that you can always have nine people that can hit and play defense at the same time because then when you go to the National League which is so frustrating as a, as a, as an American League baseball fan you literally lose one of your hitters and it's ridiculous why would why, the cubs uh, have have ten players who could play every day. Even the Mets have players who, who you could rotate in every day. It well, is so silly to have a designated DH, as, as silly as that sounds.
1: That is a little bit of a weird phrase to say, but once you wrap your mind around it, it mm-hmm. makes complete sense. Because think about how much more, how much more, how more dynamic a lineup could be, or how much more dynamic the bench could be. Never have to give guys be. days off, right? If all of your guys, including your guy who plays DH a lot, can also play in the field. Because it is, uh, we've talked about this before on the pod, and if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to our <laughs> podcast where we talk about the DH and how ridiculous it is that it's in one league and not the other. Because I think we talked about it for about 20 minutes. A couple on,
0: times, I think, on too.
1: One, yeah. On one episode. Uh, it is weird, and especially the Yankees have been getting their National League Central face of the matchups. They are going we a lot. We the East,
0: too. We play them. We'll go to the Mets. I think we play the Nationals. Yeah.
1: So you, have, you guys have been having a lot of these games, and it, is, it sucks. It's a pain in the ass for you guys, and it's weird for us to go to you. When we have, you know, a utility infielder who is kind of next in line to play DH, it's no one wins. No one wins. It's so stupid, but I, I don't know. I think I just fixed baseball.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but back, back to Aaron Hicks, so, though. Um, you can't get mad that he lost the battle to Aaron Judge. If anything, I think that really galvanized him uh, and made him play even harder this year to prove that he, sh- he thinks he should have gotten that role. And listen, if you have if you have four good outfielders. Four good after are going to play. They'll, they'll be time for you. You prove your, your, yourself into the lineup. Even Ronald Torres proves himself. He's going to get his playing time. I mean, he, he was great while while Gregorius is out. Didi's always going to be better than Ronald Torres. But you can get him in there when he can play four different positions out there. And w- with Hicks, he came up as, like a, I think he was like a top three prospect in baseball. He's a 5-2 player. His problem was just always that he couldn't put it all together at the same time. He's only
1: 27. He's... He's still young. He's hitting the prime of his career. Absolutely. You know you know what I want to get into, actually, real quick? And uh, this is completely going to pat me and you on the back. Some Yankee fans or baseball fans, Mets fans, whoever, might be sitting here thinking about how we've only mentioned Aaron Judge in passing so far tonight, and he's been the talk of the town lately. That's just because Alec and I have been talking about Aaron Judge since literally the first day of the season. I posted it on my Twitter the other day, and I said... From day one, we have been on Aaron Judge saying how he's going to have all this power. He's going to hit home runs by accident. And go back. Go to my Twitter, at p underscore Kennedy 81. I just tweeted it. It was from the first day of the season because Alec made this stupid joke about how Noah Syndergaard got hurt on opening day before the game actually happened. He tried to predict the future. He was a couple,
0: was for a couple, a couple weeks. <laughs> weeks off,
1: it seems. But literally day one of the season, Alec and I... We're all praising, all rise for Judge on Judgment Day. Uh, so we don't need to come back here now after the, the Yankees are up. Uh, I want to do
0: a power rankings of, of my like moments of being right because I've had some good ones on You've here. had some good ones. I've had the boogie but, trade. I, I had the uh, Aaron Judge, the, the Rockies. being. Uh, I've had some good ones on there.
1: I'm just saying we don't need to come here a month into the season and talk about Aaron Judge because we've been saying it for months. And if you don't know, that is your problem for not listening to us for a while. So how about that? <laughs>
0: That was weird. Ah. Did a little old school Brooklyn and then ended it with the "Cash me outside girl. That was was weird. I don't
1: know if I like that. I'm just (laughs) proud. I'm just proud. That's all. Uh, So what are we talking about? Um, We done with baseball? Yeah, we're done with baseball. This is Sports Blog New York Podcast. Hopefully you've been joining the show so far. We touched a lot on the Mets, a lot on the Yankees. Uh, Let's do one final line on Mets and Yankees baseball right now. New York baseball. Give give me just one line. Whatever comes to your heart.
0: I'm a little
1: annoyed that the Mets and the Yankees aren't both good at the same time. This could that, have been... That, that, that sucks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off that and say, if the Yankees did what they did and the Mets did what most people expect them to do, baseball would be hopping in New York City right now. Instead, the Yankees are doing great and they're getting shine, but some of their shine is getting shadowed on by the Mets' crap that is everything. Right? So, it's a little unfortunate they're both not good. We had a real opportunity once the Yankees got to a hot start. But hey, the season is young. The Mets can turn it around. Maybe the Yankees can keep it up. And by the all star break when or whenever the Mets and Yankees meet up for their Subway series, we can be pretty hyped about it.
0: Can you imagine if the Yankees are actually buyers at this trade deadline? Who would've who would have saw that coming?
1: Very possible. It's Very <laughs> possible. Alright,
0: I'm sorry.
1: No, that's fine. That's fine. So hopefully you've been joining the SBNY podcast so far. I'm Pete Kennedy, joined here with Alvar Argento. But let's talk about that other joke of a franchise in, in New York. Ugh. The New York Knicks. Sad. Quick, quick synopsis for those of you listening who may not be familiar with what happened to Christophs Porzingis over the weekend. Allegedly, the man Christophs was asleep while his account, his Twitter account, Fake news. tweeted the Los Angeles Clippers with a bunch of smiley emojis. So obviously everybody in the world freaked out about it, thought the worst thing possible that he was getting <laughs> traded or Melo was getting traded or something. Something was going down. Metal entry is not the worst thing. Possible. That would actually not be yeah, bad no. at all. <laughs> Rewind. Sorry about that, but you know where I'm going. But then it comes out that he was hacked. Another hack job, huh? Who's who's
0: hacking these celebrities for that who, one tweet that gets deleted right away? Who that's the that's the question that
1: nobody's asking. Who is the guy who's like, oh, I'm gonna get poor Zingus? <laughs> I'm gonna hack his Twitter and tweet about the Clippers. Like, what? Who's who <laughs> thinks like who thinks that's funny? Who thinks that was clever? Like I want to, I want to know that guy. First
0: of all, he could have just been like, "Oh, I just you know like the franchise. It's cool. Like nobody would have been any like." But he he yeah, if he said hacked immediately, you know it's a fake thing, and you probably was there was talks or something like that because the Knicks were just a shit a
1: shit show. Of well, apparently he was asleep when it happened. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, this is what Ian Begley said, the ESPN Knicks reporter on uh, ninety eight seven this weekend. He said that. Because there's other people who have access to his Twitter. They're whatever, his agent or manager or whoever does it. They have access to his Twitter. And they got contacted right away after it happened and deleted it. They deleted it. Could it have been like an
0: intern who has the password but thought it was his phone or something like that? No, because that happens with like politicians and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I've actually – I've had two Twitter's like accounts on my phone before and tweeted from the wrong one. Yeah. So it's possible. If that was the case, then maybe that was a thing. You know, like if it was – was, seriously, if he had, like, an intern or his PR staff or something like that was running his his Twitter, that could have been a thing. But just, like, be honest with us. That whole hack thing makes everyone more and more suspicious because everyone knows that it's just
1: so fake. Fake news. And it can't be proven, right? Like, uh, like unless these hackers are leaving a trail, which some hackers do that. So serial hackers. But... Uh, and they didn't, right? Pete, so out the hell is that? As a
0: serial hacker right now. Me, you do
1: all the tricks. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> I'm putting the podcast on everyone's computer, like you, <laughs> like the U2 album from a couple years back. That was messed up, <laughs> right? Yeah. But this is my question: The Knicks find a way to get negatively put in the news, no matter what. Is there any? Don't cha- loves wait. that. Don't that. Wait. But wait, wait, that. I got to phrase this the right way. Is there any chance? That Knicks fans can get fooled again by the start of next season to be optimistic. It happens
0: every year. Of course it will. It
1: happens every year, right? Every year. Every year. I'll convince myself. Make a hypothetical for me for a reason why a bunch of maybe not the the smartest Knicks fans.
0: The point guard we're going to get in the draft. Porzingis finally has someone who's going to facilitate to him.
1: And they're going to... I can see it now. We're going
0: to ruin that poor kid's career. We're going to ruin that poor kid's career. We're going to get
1: Monk, Fox, Dennis Smith, Nikimlia. One of those guys, right? And there's going to be a ton of Knicks fans out there. I think we're good enough to be like a six seed. I, you know, you know what? Porzingis really takes a step forward in his career. We might be a four seed, three seed. I've already convinced whole court advantage.
0: What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? Is there a chance? I've literally already convinced myself that we're a playoff team next year with the point guard that we get. I uh, there's
1: people, and I might get fooled. I, I might get fooled. I, I don't <laughs> think I'm. I don't, I'm going to try my best not to. But there's going to be so many people out there by the start of next year who are going to think the Knicks are going to be a decent team. And I could like almost guarantee it. I'm picturing it in my head as we talk right now. These fans calling in to ESPN New York and the fan I'll do
0: it on this podcast. I swear to God. I'll, I guarantee you I I'll, I'll get so hyped. I'll buy 2K and I I'll, I'll look at the team and they're all like 80s and I'll be really excited and I did it this year with, with, with Derek Derrick Rose. It's literally going to be the exact same thing as last year. I said, "Well, Derrick Rose plays at 75% of what he did last uh, during the last couple of seasons and he played at, you know, 75% and then we sucked.
1: We <laughs> yeah. no. were we're like, all, all the Nick, Optimist, Nick, Nick fans are trying to figure out a way. If Derek averages 17 yeah. and Porzingis averages 20, Mel's obviously going to get 23. That's like a bunch of points right there. Courtney Lee, 14. And then all of a sudden the Knicks are going to be in the
0: playoffs. You know what's crazy though? And like I, I hate to just keep going back to it. But you really – when you have that culture, you're brought into that. Porzingis is born into that. Like that—that's all he knows in the NBA. You look at the Yankees right now with no pressure. You hear how these rookies talk. You hear how Aaron Judge talks after a post-game interview, and that's the culture you want on every all of your other teams. Giants have that too. I'm, I'm a Yankee Giant Nick fan. Yeah, and, and it frustrates what? me because the Yankees and the Giants always have that kind of uh, locker room presence and organization. That culture. approach.
1: Yeah, I'm actually gonna—I'm gonna throw a bone out there right now. And I don't know if you're gonna like it, but I'm gonna do it anyway. The other team in Madison Square Garden, who's actually in the middle of the playoff run oh, that God. we don't talk we don't really talk about on this podcast. I'm turning and out, boys. Not because we hate hockey. It's just Wrong. because I do. Oh, maybe you do. I don't hate hockey, it's just not my thing. I don't think it really moves the needle. All hockey fans like to get loud about how we don't get the hockey fan doesn't get coverage, this and that. The numbers kind of show that it doesn't really move the needle the way other sports do, which is why I don't really talk about it. Also, probably why it's not my favorite sport. But I'm going to throw this out there. I heard a stat on the radio today. Stepon, he's a forward for the Rangers. Derek Stepan, I think it is? Sure. I can be wrong. I don't even know. He's 27 years old. And he is one of the franchise leaders in playoff games. Played. And I thought about that for a second. What would it be like to have a guy who was 27... (laughs) To be amongst legally, I think he actually leads the team, leads the franchise in playoff appearances in the history of the franchise. And he's 27, about to enter his prime. Private hockey's a little bit earlier for some people, but still. Imagine having a guy on the Knicks who is 27, 28, and you look at him and say, he's been in more playoff games than anybody else in the Knicks history. Well, I couldn't imagine. Literally,
0: if they have a rookie who went to the playoffs three times, they probably have someone who's broken the who's broken the record. Sure. Like,
1: but even still, to have a rookie who's been in the league for five years and even made three playoffs is absurd to me. It's absurd to my Knicks fanhood. You know how I said about the Mets, making the playoffs <clears throat> creates the culture? That's exactly what the Knicks don't have. They don't have the culture of, we're going to win games every year. No, so we're a losers franchise. We're going to stay losers because that's what everyone expects us to be. And then when they get hot and actually get good, as soon as it hits the fan they fall back into the losing culture, which I think you make a much stronger point with the baseball thing. But in a sport like basketball, in the NBA, if you're not tanking down for a specific pick for a specific player, you want to win games. And that's why teams like the Heat crawl, like clawed for every win they could. They almost made the playoffs this year, made it 18, which would have meant nothing, right? But that winning culture means a lot from year to year, especially for young teams, which the Knicks are actually a kind of a young team for once. You know, they have all those old guys kind of hanging on and dragging us down. There's a lot of young guys there. If they figure out what it's like to get a taste of the Ws, I mean, look at the Warriors. Yeah, look at that. The Warriors they, were trash for forever. They made the playoffs, then they made a second round, yeah. then all of a sudden they made it to a finals and one and then boom, best team in the league. It's it takes a little it takes a little time. Mark Jackson set that culture. I I love when Steve Kerr like gives props to Mark Jackson who's now doing broadcasting obviously for Warriors games all the time. But you set up that culture, and it leads to something in the future. It's super
0: important. It's probably the most important thing in player development is bringing them into a culture. And that's another I, – I, I keep bringing this back to the Yankees, but you know these are kids that um, I, I don't know losing. They had great success in the minor leagues too. So you want when, – when you bring in – when you when you have people that nobody on this team knows – success before, you know, they're not winning national championships or something. It's hard to have no success before the NBA. So you don't have that kind of level, and then you just expect to go in cuz you're a top pick or you're a free agent. There's no leadership there. And there's no one telling you how how to behave and how to act. It's hard when you're in New York. If there's if, if you don't have anybody telling you how to how to act, how to, how to get away with things and and just live your life, you're going to get caught up in it real quick. I mean, whoever thought I didn't think it was going to I'm
1: surprised it took this long with Porzingis. For him to mess up. This, yeah. That's what I was gonna to talk to you about. He's not really getting a lot of heat from Knicks fans for what he did, you know, skipping the exit interview and this and that. Which I think he didn't because so many fans literally understand. I say, like, I wouldn't want to go to that damn interview either. Yeah. Right. So that in that sense is understandable. But when you think about it like this, is it really right for a second-year player who's 21 years old, 21 or 22 years old, to be skipping out on an exit interview for the franchise?
0: Well, it starts at the top. Well, not the top because I actually think, and, and people always say this with the Rangers, uh, why, why can't Dolan be like uh, how he was with the Rangers with the Knicks where he got just a good guy he could trust and uh, he could run the organization. He tried to do that with Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson has made the team somehow even more of a mockery. Um, and they don't respect this man. He doesn't show his face ever uh, organizationally to the news, to, to whatever it is, to, uh, to journalists and everything. So why would Porzingis want to go talk to this figurehead? He hasn't, I mean, he shouldn't be doing He should be going there. But at the same time, Phil Jackson should be more involved with the team. He doesn't take accountability for anything, so why should Porzingis feel like he has to take accountability? That's the culture that Phil Jackson now uh, put onto this uh, team. He was supposed to come there and change that. He was supposed to
1: bring a winning culture. And the culture he brought was watch it back because who knows what's going to be said or done to you about your game or about your off the field. Yeah, The only time he comes out is to talk crap about like Melo or something like that. That's what it feels like a lot, right? And granted, you know, he came out and talked for like an hour, or however long he talked Which to the press conference. he signed Melo.
0: He was the one who gave Mello that contract. I
1: oh, know, we don't we can't go down that road right now. We can't go down <laughs> Sorry. that Sorry. But no, he, you're right though. You're you're totally right. He comes out and talks for 45 minutes in one press conference a year. And granted, he maybe he says 40% of things that make sense and are reasonable and are constructive. <clears throat> And maybe, maybe he says more than that. Maybe it's 80% of things are reasonable or fine or, you know, go in, in one year out the other. But it's that 10%, that 20% of things that he says that is ridiculous. That pisses off old fans. It pisses off new fans. And clearly it pisses off his players. So it's a lose-lose for him and what he's been doing, what he's been pulling off. But I'm going to say this before we move on to talk about the playoffs a little bit because there's some exciting stuff going on at the playoffs. Like we both said, I feel really confident There's going to be a large number of Knicks fans out there next year who will be hoodwinked, who will have optimism in the beginning of the year. Count me in. And I may be one of them, but I'm going to try my best not to be. I'm going to take a play out of your playbook from the Yankees this year. Hope for the best. Expect the worst. Even if the best starts taking place, I ain't putting all my eggs in one basket yet. So with the Knicks, we have a long road ahead. The draft lottery is coming up real soon, though. So we could probably uh, lose some spots on that. On that night as oh well. God. <laughs> All right. This is a Sports Blog New York podcast. I'm Peter Kennedy. Join here with Alec Argento. Before we end up, we're going to do maybe uh, maybe 10 more minutes. We'll see how it goes. Sure. See you. Alec doesn't really feel the basketball playoffs like I do. So we'll see what uh, how much we get into. You trick yourself into
0: thinking they have meaning.
1: Oh, I, I am fully at terms. So this is how I'll open up to you. I'll see what you have to say about this. On this podcast before, maybe off the top of my head, Three or four different episodes, I've said how I was torn. I was torn that I go on Twitter, I talk to my friends, talk to you, and people say, oh, it's already decided. It's going to be the Cavs and the Warriors. It's going to be the Cavs and the Warriors. The whole season's a waste. No parody. Bada, 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 right? So I was always torn. I said, I want to see the Warriors and the Cavs because that's the best series. There's never been a back-to-back-to-back rematch in the NBA Finals. Never in the history of the league. Throw that out there. So I was torn. I was like, I want to see that on one hand. But on the other hand, I want all these basketball haters to get their mouths shut if the Warriors or Cavs happen to lose before the finals. But I am no longer torn. I'm over it. I have now officially and wholeheartedly accepted that I want to see Warriors and Cavs and anything else in the finals is an absolute disappointment. Because if the Cavs go and face, say, the Rockets and Spurs and win, people are going to say, well, he didn't beat the Warriors again because the Warriors didn't make it. And they're going to make it seem like it's not as impressive of a thing. And if the Warriors go to the finals and somehow the Celtics or Wizards beat the Cavs in the East Conference Finals, people are going to say, oh, well, the Warriors didn't beat LeBron. Any other series but Cavs-Warriors is an absolute disappointment no matter what. No, the disappointment lies in the league.
0: that They just allow these super teams to happen. This the the NBA salary cap is so ridiculous uh, that it just allows this to happen, um, and I, it's not nobody nobody wants to see two shitty teams go out there. They just would like to see more good teams. There no good teams. That's the problem. I think there are good teams. There's just
1: no. There's pretty. There's two amazing teams.
0: Yeah, but that's I think it's just relatively speaking too, because the the, the level of competition in the NBA is horrible. Like there's compared to what 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 are you basing comparatively to them to those two yeah so but there's no but it's just it's not a fun product to watch when when there's a foregone conclusion that this that you know A, B, and C is going to happen
1: I understand the thinking behind that but But in the end of the day are you not going to enjoy the best finals possibly of all time because the rest of the season wasn't great it's
0: the same thing as the last two
1: there's never been a back-to-back-to-back rematch in the finals of history. Well, that doesn't that mean anything. anything. No. It means it's, it means I've it's seen, so I've unlikely seen the series before. I want to see a different one. But you've you haven't seen the series before. No, I because haven't. I have last two years. You've never seen Kevin Durant I see against against uh, that LeBron. Class. I have seen
0: Kevin Durant versus well, LeBron. LeBron. That's another problem. Is that I, even when it wasn't uh uh the Warriors versus the, the Cavs, it was LeBron versus Durant or something like that. You know, like the, this was I've seen every possible thing that's happened before.
1: Even if the Spurs happen to win, you've seen that before too. Yeah, that's, that's besides the point, though.
0: But it's just it's such a bo- it's a boring product to me when you know the ending. But, ha- but, but do you
1: know the ending yet? Like, who do you is gonna win? The Warriors or the Cavs? Doesn't matter
0: because it. Why doesn't it matter? It because Golden won already. It's not, it's
1: not like this is a redemption thing for either of them. It totally is a redemption uh, for, for the why? Warriors. They both
0: won. The Warriors blew a 3-1 lead. You see it on the internet every other day. But it's not redemption because they've already won.
1: No, it 100% I is disagree. redemption because you lost the most recent one.
0: I disagree. And then even if they do win, just, people are just going to say, well, Durant got signed to the team, so now they have a super team. There's always going to be an asterisk to this. And I agree with There's you. There's always going to be an asterisk. But at the end of the day, it's the same two teams going three years in a row. And at a certain point, I don't care about this. And you look at the viewership. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that the reason people get really excited in baseball and football comparatively is because they have their they have their teams that they're diehard fans for, and those teams always have a shot at winning. You know, there's always the Browns and stuff like that. But your team always has a shot at going somewhere. But everyone knew for the past two years who was going to be in the finals, and it happened. You knew that. Well, it didn't the- happen yet, by the way. It's We're gonna, talking like it happened,
1: but it, it didn't happen
0: yet. It's gonna happen. If if it doesn't happen, I'd be I would be so enthused. Um,
1: but but that's where I find the problem. though. but you don't like to see underdogs win. That's not it though. That's not it though. You don't like want to see, see. You don't
0: know. You don't like to see underdogs have the ability to compete because you always assume they're not as good as the other team. But if they beat the better team, the supposed better team, then they are as good as that other team. They, they they've if, already made the playoffs. If somebody played, beats the. Warriors, they've already played eighty two games or eighty four eighty four games, right? They what?
1: Eighty eighty one games. In the, in the, in the regular
0: 80 season?
1: Eighty yeah, one. Eighty two. Okay, yeah. No, well it's not has nothing to do with underdogs. The Spurs and, and the Rockets are both underdogs relative to the Warriors. Fine. If they won, they would put they'd put a fine series against the Cavs. I think the Cavs would be favorites in that series. The best possible NBA finals to me is Warriors versus Cavs, and it's not even close. In the rankings well, of excitement... Guess what? I can excitement. find a
0: video of that that happened already for...
1: But it's different. There hasn't been Kevin Durant on the Warriors against the Cavs no, with he's, LeBron. No, but Kevin Durant and was on the on the Thunder when LeBron that was. That was a completely different team. That was a Russell Westbrook. That was when Russell Westbrook was As only LeBron's his course. fourth year in the league. James Harden was on that team. That was a LeBron different era.
0: was on the, on the Cavs. And uh, he doesn't matter. It's, it's LeBron versus a super team every time. That's always what happens. And, and, and it's just... It's not
1: fun to watch. And you're also someone who... I'm not gonna say you don't appreciate it, but you don't like you don't you don't watch LeBron as a true fan of his. I hate all. him. I you absolutely him. hate him.
0: But he, he well, he's an ass. But he's the
1: most impressive player. Oh yeah. In absolutely. The past, like, oh without a doubt, that's not what I'm saying. But how like how is that not enjoyable to people? Is what I don't understand. How is it not enjoyable to see possibly one of the best teams all around? How ever great has boot- it been in baseball? That every year, some team that has never been there in like
0: last year it was the Cubs and the Indians. The Cubs and the Indians was great. That's next level. It gets boring was in, it in, in the, the Super Bowl too. It gets boring in the Super Bowl that the, that the that the, that the Patriots keep going. At least someone else is going up every time. And with the Giants, for example, the Giants Patriots, it's different because they're not every year together. If if it was the you know if it was a couple of years spaced apart between the the Cavs Warriors, Cavs Warriors, Cavs Warriors, it's one thing. But it's every fucking year. It's the same thing every year who cares at this point it's even it's a foregone conclusion that you there's a 50-50 shot th- that one of two teams are gonna win and then was it 30 teams in the NBA yeah. 28 other teams don't matter your season literally didn't matter it was always gonna happen this way and I'm talking like it's all, like it's gonna happen because I, I'm very confident that that's going to be the case
1: I mean I'm confident that that is going to be the finals as well I just think it is absolutely absurd to act like that is not the finals you want to see it's not. But, it. I want to see the mix go. Obviously, you want to see the Knicks go. That's irrelevant.
0: But that's representative of... There's a lot of people in Miami that want to see the heat go. There's a lot of people in Detroit that want to see the... That's, that's what's good for the sport is that there's different teams going every year. That, that your team has a shot. Otherwise, why even play the fucking season? Because there's been... The Denver Nuggets have never even
1: been in an NBA Finals. Right. And they still play But that's a, season. But that's
0: a problem with, a problem with the NBA. That, that, that's allowed to happen. And I think there's a lot of people like that who agree with me. You want? Why wouldn't
1: I want to see my team win? Obviously, you want to see your team win, but, but putting it past your but team, I, but I, putting it to the league—if you're a fan of the league and the history of the league, you like—that's what is the most exciting, the most historic, season, the whole historic I just matchup. I always want to see the—I
0: always want to see the t- uh, see a team that people counted out win it. My problem is it's
1: revisionist history too.
0: First of all, you you say that you say that like this, like in sports, it's always. The team, the, 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 you want the best two teams out there. But look in football. When the Giants played the, 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 the Patriots, that was not what you expected, right? You th- you wanted the, who was the, the one seed that year? Was I it, was it the know. Cowboys? I think it was the, the Cowboys Packers that baby. year. Something like that. You would have wanted the one versus one seed, right? You didn't. Know, you got a one versus a wild card. Because fight. it was and my that personal team.
1: But exactly. Exactly what I'm talking but about. But if I'm not rooting for a team... Which, uh, say the Giants weren't in the But you're not thinking of it the right way.
0: You, you want your team to always have a shot. So if another team's, uh, uh, if another person's team in another city has a shot, uh, the, every year it's different. It could be There's a possibility that it's different. It doesn't have to be. If, if it wasn't I already assumed before the season started that that was going to happen, and it, it just happened by chance. If there was a you know a streak where they were down and they came back up or something like that, that's one thing. It's just not what happened. It's not, it's, 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 it's predetermined. In the NBA. And it's not fixed. It's not like, you know, like, like there's people. Yeah, it's not like strings. under the table. I'm yeah. like,
1: we're not, I'm not, we're but we're not conspiracy guys here on this. No, no. But it's just, you. it, it happened exactly the way everyone knew it was. What bothers happen. me is the revisionist history about it, though. Because every time the Bulls were in uh, their prime, when Michael Jordan, once he won his first, what? Were they playing the same teams every year? Back to back to back? No. The, the other team.
0: You don't even know what the other teams are, which right. is the point. But but I wasn't around back then. But I'm saying, you know, like you, will, your team will always remember. You're going to always remember if, if the Mets don't win another, just hypothetically speaking, if the Mets don't win a World Series for another 15, 20 years, you're going to remember the time that the Mets went to the World Series. And lost to the Royals. But you'll remember that. Yeah. And that was a great season for you guys. That was super exciting. You had so many good memories of that season. You have that now.
1: I also have great memories of 2006 when they lost to the Cardinals in the NLCS. That was a phenomenal year until they lost but, to the But Bar- that's what I'm saying. So your team always had a chance. Sure. The, your team but doesn't... They, they, like, I don't, the revisionist history is what bothers me. So, you look like I mentioned, with the Bulls and Jordan and stuff like that. It's like across, across the board, not just with, you know, Nick fans or Bulls fans, whatever. It was the Eastern Conference Finals that are more known in right. most of Jordan's... Uh, Playoff runs. It right. was really only against the Jazz because they played them twice that it was super memorable. In the finals, the other ones aren't super memorable in the finals. It was more memorable him losing to the Pistons in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. More memorable him beating the Knicks and the Pacers and and all those teams. So, in that sense of the word, he faced just far inferior teams in the finals, and it diluted the final product. So why yeah, but, would I not you're want not, the best, you're not, like a better But at least, final? at least you were getting that Eastern Conference Finals. You're not getting that in this. But and but the thing is, people look back on it, and this is what's going to bother me in ten years when people, everybody remembers this as some great rivalry, right? This is in ten years, you could see it now, thirty for thirty. What if I told you the first ever back to back to back rematch, and everybody talks about it like it was this amazing thing, and there's this great rivalry between LeBron passing the torch to the Warriors, right? Or the, whatever you want to call it, or LeBron taking it back after he mm-hmm. lost the torch, it's going to be all shown as this beautiful thing, this great rivalry. Meanwhile, during the actual finals, during the actual season, all anybody who can can do is complain about it when people don't appreciate the greatness of LeBron James, the efficiency, the remarkable think, offense I, if of if the Warriors. you don't appreciate, okay, that's not that's not what I'm saying. That's what, but that's what I'm saying is no matter what you want to say about the predetermination. The Warriors are one of the most talented offensive teams of all time, if not the most talented. LeBron James is, no matter how you skin it, a top one, two, three player of absolute all time. No questions asked. He's doing remarkable, remarkable things. No matter how you skin the cat, you have two absolute forces in basketball history facing off for the third time in a row. And that is exciting to me. I, I'm not sorry about it. So oh. all these people, I don't even feel bad. For all the people who are going to not tune in and watch the finals, this it's their loss because this is going to be a historic finals. And honestly, I don't think it's improbable for the Warriors to come in and win in 5 or vice versa. Yeah, but nobody can That's not no, no no nobody no, But that's it what would I'm be saying. Two historic powers head to head for the third time in a row. Well, no,
0: it's it's the Warriors versus LeBron.
1: It's One power is LeBron, yeah, and the
0: other right. power is the Warriors. Fine. However way you skin it. But that's the biggest thing too is that it's it's not just the Cavs going every year too. It's LeBron going every year, which is also another side that I know I don't care for. I don't want to see him just have the. I, I'd like to see another team go. But is I, that I, not is that, that of jealousy right there? No, like,
1: that, it's not even jealousy. The same thing as me I was upset about the Yankees. I wasn't winning.
0: jealous when I wasn't jealous when when the Cubs won last year or the Royals won the year before. You know, the year before or the like. You know, go down the line. It's it's exciting to see teams that don't usually get there get there. That's cool. That's good for a sport. Is that your team always has a shot in football? Your team always has a shot every year. It's different, but you know now it's been a little bit different with the uh, with the Patriots. It gets boring too. I think I think if you asked everyone in the country who you'd want to see next year outside of the New England area, nobody would say that they want to see the Patriots go.
1: No, they wouldn't. It but, gets boring. It's, but it's... my point is, when do you reach the point of it is just so impressive that it's not boring? When do you get so impressed by a team or a player that you're no longer bored? I don't get impressed. I, I, I want to see some adversity.
0: That's, that's cooler to me is when you have like a streak where you've been like really crappy and it really affects you and you have to build it back like the like the, like the Indians last year or something like that. The, the, even though the Cavs sucked in the second half of the year, it didn't matter. It literally didn't matter. They literally flipped the switch. It just doesn't matter. So that's the whole problem is that nothing matters because it's always going to be this, the outcome. And that's kind of a crappy thing. And that another I mean, thing about the revisionist history, nobody really cared about the NBA for a very long time.
1: That is true. So, people do forget about that.
0: The NBA was not a like a, a commodity there for was a very long time.
1: Like, people tried not to talk about this, but there was a real drug problem in the NBA in the 70s, and there was times in the 60s where the NBA Finals weren't even on live television. Until, like, like probably Jordan. I mean, it was, wasn't no, really no, Magic. No, Magic Bird really brought it back. Was it? Yeah. No, no absolutely. I mean, there was really only two teams at that point, too. And, and, that, and it was a, one of the most... It was the no, most was historic great. time of basketball history. No, I
0: know that, but like, it might be a revisionist history thing, too. There was, like, ten teams in the league.
1: You know, like, it was... The most, at that point, no. There was there was was close all, to 30 at that point. Wasn't there? In no. 80. It was, it was after the NBA-ABA merger. That whole
0: thing. Still, though, the NBA does not have a long history. The NFL does, doesn't have a long history. It has a longer history than the NBA. Baseball is just a sport of history. Yeah. Um, you know, and... You know, I'm sure, hockey has some history in there. I don't know how to <laughs> those Canadian sports, but I, it's 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 a, has a small sample size to go back. To. There's only been like a handful of you know elite elite players overall, and and you kind of think about those guys because they just keep winning championships. I bet I bet that there's probably ten people in the league who have a championship from every uh, every champion. I like have a ring from every uh, championship.
1: You know, you have, you have the LeBrons, yeah. you have the... Oh, absolutely. The Kobe Shaq. Like, there's clearly, like, an era for each great. Yeah. And then there's a few plugged inside in, in between. I, yeah, I'd be,
0: I think you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody on on one of those teams that doesn't have multiple rings. Like,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the guys who don't. It's the Dirk Nowitzki and the Mavs, right, right. One, one random. The Detroit Pistons with Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Tayshaun Prince. They have one random one stuck in there. Then it was a lot of Spurs. It was a whole lot of LeBron. It was Celtics. A little, the uh, Celt- well, the Celtics only won one. The Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray No, but before that they won. Oh a yeah, lot. They, they, have they have the most Lake, in, yeah. in history. I mean, the Lakers obviously was Shaq and Kobe. The Rockets won two when Jordan wasn't in the league. Randomly for yeah, all Ming. those reasons, yeah, I mean, didn't win. But uh, I I I understand where and I get frustrated, but I understand why non true like non big NBA fans do get upset about about it because they look at it and they say. What if like I was a Portland Trailblazers fan and you go into the into the season thinking, hey, maybe we could win 45-50 games, but there's absolutely no way we're getting out of the second round. Exactly. And it's gotta be frustrating. But if that's your if that's your mindset, then you're not gonna get that chance year to year to year. It took even Jordan years to finally get over the hump. It's gonna take Giannis Kumpo years to get over the hump, which is why I said on this podcast, this very podcast... Dave it took LeBron years to get over the hump. It took him years to get over the hump. Like, this win... this Well, Giannis ended up not winning in the Bucks when they lost to the Raptors. But if they had that one series win against the Raptors in this round one, next year it could have been that much easier for them to get over another hump. And that's how it goes. That's why I think basketball is great, because there's season-to-season storyline. It's like in the NFL when you have marquee names like Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger... They become the storylines of the team because so many other parts are interchangeable. But yeah, when you have guys like Giannis who are getting this torch pass soon, who knows when LeBron's going to actually slow down. But it's all these years of uh, growing where not making it over the hump to that one time where he finally makes it. It Took the Pistons years back in the bad boys. That's how it goes. It's a year-to-year storyline. But for me, this year, the best storyline is Warriors Cavs.
0: And that's just are you going to be saying that next year if it's the same exact situation? Uh, back to back to back to back?
1: I think you've probably reached the point of, like, all right, it's going to be frustrating for everybody, but if they're still the two best teams what, in the league. What do
0: either of them have to prove, though, left? What do they have left to prove?
1: Well, I mean, LeBron's still fighting for Jordan's sake. I guess. But the Warriors are still fighting for their point in history, too. I don't know. They have also the wor-
0: They're the winningest regular I'll, season of all time. And they
1: lost the championship. So it doesn't mean anything to a lot of people. That's true. But also, just I'll, I'll say this before we go. The Warriors can't keep everybody forever. Remember that. Between Steph, Clay, Kevin, and Draymond... They can't have all four of them forever, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple whole, years.
0: I don't know though, because the, that whole bird years nonsense in, in basketball. There's a reason the Cavs are able to keep everyone year after year after year. I don't know that that's necessarily true, because the M- NBA salary cap is designed to retain players rather than bring free agents in. It,
1: uh, it also depends if any of them wants to take a a little bit of a, a yeah a pay. I mean, you, you get
0: paid so much more in in in, uh, in not marketing. What's the word? Uh, sponsorships yeah. thing you do in your uh, salary anyway. Right. That's so. a very
1: good point. Alright, well, I think it was a good talk. We we disagreed on a lot. We agreed on some things. But hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the Sports Blog New York podcast For Peter Kennedy. Alec Argento. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Have a good day. We'll be back on the show with another episode later in the week.